Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of the Proc Talks. I'm your host Dario, and yeah, uh, cheers, Joe. Before we cheers. before we jump in, as always, uh, don't forget to get us a cup of coffee um, or tea or whatever, uh, or get yourself a nice cup of the Proc Space in our merch store. Helps us out a lot. And now um, I have uh, here in the Zoom room tonight a calling from the UK. Uh, Joe from the band Polymer. Is that right? That is right. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. Thanks. I'm really excited to to uh, talk to you tonight as uh, Polymath has their uh, new album coming out uh, in a bit. Uh, it's actually dropping on November 18. I'm not sure when this episode is going to drop, but you guys are going to go on release tour tomorrow, um, November 11th. So you're gonna yeah. start in Brighton, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're starting at sort of uh, we're we're split between Brighton and London. So the Brighton show is it's just down the road for me. So that's good. We get to start local and then have our big show in London. That's kind of the album launch, and then off off we'll go to the Midlands and the North of England and across to the Northern and Republic of Ireland as well. So yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, very very exciting and 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 wh- why why is it so exciting for me I, I have to tell you so I was this summer I was uh in the UK at radar festival and <laughs> yeah there were a lot of bands playing mm. and of course there were a lot of different uh, sounding bands playing a lot of them more in the genty metalcore vein a few of them like Viriditas had like or maybe Viriditas was the only one doing like a proper old school you know progressive rock sound <clears throat> but you guys were like a total total totally different beast altogether huh. and yeah. um uh yeah you played the second the small stage downstairs um i mean next year the radar festival is going to be in manchester in a huge arena so that's mm. going to be very different it's not going to be the casino in guildford anymore um but i thought for you guys it was the perfect setting this was like a sweaty club show oh, and yeah. you just you just you guys just kept on going and at the <laughs> same time i had my, my my like the group of friends i i, I was meeting there um they were c- kind of gather gathering for a group picture upstairs at the merch area and then i w- went upstairs and said yeah can we do it i want to go back and enjoy the rest of the show <laughs> and then some some someone was missing and i said okay i'm gonna go downstairs please text me when you're ready so and then i ran ran back up and then we did the photo and then then i ran back down to to catch the rest of your set and uh <laughs> that was so energetic and 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 overwhelming and i it, it, uh, didn't expect this because i didn't know what you what, sure. what kind of sound you guys were playing because i didn't do my homework i have to admit so. <laughs> wow. yeah that that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun that show for us radar festival was a bit of a weird one for us because we we um we you know we we think of ourselves as like a as an old school prog band that's certainly like where our influences are 
quite obviously and blatantly very, very King Crimson influenced. So we always think of ourselves as that, but we got pigeonholed early on as math rock in the UK, which we're not. And but there are a lot of math rock bands in the UK. So rather than being on the prog scene, we ended up very much on the math rock scene. And that's definitely where a lot of our our friends are and peers, other bands that we tour with. And um, and so this radar was a bit of a, a an odd one for us because you know it was a prog festival, but um, I mean it's a you know, prog's obviously it's a broad church isn't it and and most of the stuff at radar was very tech was very metal yeah. and uh you know like normally when when we play a show we we play in drop well we we play in frip standard tunings <laughs> some of the time and sometimes in drop c but i think even in drop c we were probably the the <laughs> highest tuned band there everyone was so it was so much baritone metal we were like the least heavy band there and you know leaning on like a saxophone loads for live stuff it was we were a very different thing uh from most of the stuff at that festival but well well i I think with with bands like polymath and uh bands who do this kind of um yeah mostly instrumental progressive rock um i think a lot of the heaviness um comes from the bass and hammond playing together like like right, yeah. kind of the deep purple school i would say maybe yeah. but 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 also this kind of king crimson heaviness of course because king crimson are not really metal but they had some some really heavy shit for their times yeah. um I, i mean at the very beginning of course in the court of the crimson king but also later in the 90s when they were going very um very mathy yeah <laughs> um yeah they, they they've been like five different bands you know in in their time they've they've kind of done done everything but um so for the people who haven't heard about polymath uh, so far i was so obviously that was for me was eye opening that 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 sat at radar i i and and then on my way back on the on the plane i put on um your last album uh or or the actually i think it was the first first full length album that you did house of wisdom we are the devil oh yeah, yeah. and i was I remember sitting on the plane and it was like started uh, with the intro and uh, I really got goosebumps and was so excited to listen to it for the first time on the plane back. Um, and then I then I just started to 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 dig into your history or what what you put out and then I like the the next thing obviously on Spotify and then also on Bandcamp I saw was this double album The Cadaver Tomb and that was something entirely different I was not really sure if I was listening to the same band <laughs> so um before we jump into the new album Zenith maybe you can tell us a little bit about the progression of the band uh uh from 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 uh, yeah House of Wisdom sure yeah um, until now Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, House of Wisdom for us was like a was was us trying to make we were trying to be the most prog that we could be. We'd we'd done a few EPs uh, before then, Reptiles, Melancholia, a couple of things we released only digitally, and House of Wisdom was supposed to be us uh, um, kind of taking the training wheels off. We were like, we we don't care if there's no songs on this record that aren't 15 minutes long. And we don't we don't mind how long we make the interludes and how weird we just wanted to make something completely for us, um, which which is kind of what that that record was supposed to be. We were kind of getting that out all out of our system because we knew even then we knew when we were making House of Wisdom that we wanted to make Zenith next and we wanted Zenith 
to be limited to no songs exceeding four minutes in length. It was we wanted to make like the opposite of mm-hmm. House of Wisdom later. So so that 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 was House of Wisdom was us being as proggy as we could, possibly could be. But the 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 Cadaver Tomb records that came after that, we did have a, a, a like a a single that's a thirteen minute track um, called Senses in Everything that came out after. Uh, House of Wisdom, but that was just a digital release. And then we did the Cadaver Tomb records. They were during the 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 big sort of lockdown period of twenty, you know, twenty 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 one, and that was basically none of us could get together because we've got half the band are in in London, half the band are in Brighton. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't get in a studio. We just cancelled a European tour. We were, we were feeling a bit, you know, crappy about about the whole situation. You know, like we we have band members like our drummer. He uh, he runs a he runs a venue and is a sound engineer, and so his entire livelihood went. And you know, so everyone's like, "What what are we going to do next?" So the cadaver tombs were all of us taught ourselves production. So none of us knew how to make music other than with a guitar, you know, or whatever instrument we have beforehand. So we we taught ourselves how to use. Uh, a DAW and um, we started writing remotely uh, together and we wanted to get in other musicians as well because we wanted to have vocalists on board of course we're still doing all of this from home so we knew live drums weren't really going to be an option we're all in little flats Um, and so yeah so we uh, the we decided to make it more electronic lean on synthesizers a lot more our keys player josh had used lockdown to get really into modular synths and he built himself these huge synth racks so we lent on him a lot more for for kind of track ideas and things got vocalists in for guest appearances and that was just us to be honest we wrote like we had like 20 songs and then we were like should we just put this out for free we just put this out and so that's all that was it's almost you almost have to not read too hard into the Cadaver Tombs records. They're not necessarily what polymath are. We we ummed and ard over whether or not we'd even call it polymath because whilst it had the polymath musicians on the record, it, it came from a totally different place. But we decided to anyway. And uh, and yeah, that sort of when everything got back up and running, we were able to get back into the studio, start Zenith, which was an idea that we'd had way before then. And we had some of those ideas we were working on. So that 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 was great it was great to write music conventionally again and you know write largely from jammed sections and then tighten them up and reduce them that was that was a lot of fun um yeah i mean sonically from from the approach to music um playing it live as a band um of course zenith sounds a lot closer to house of wisdom mm-hmm. um but as you said like like starting from from jams and then uh perfecting them or or polishing them or or breaking them down into like the perfect um song that is under 4 minutes maybe maybe a, a different approach than just letting loose and say okay this can go on for 5 more minutes <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah that was <laughs> It was very different. It was of course Zenith was our first record as a five piece as well. First time we'd got a sax a sax player involved. Um, because we'd had saxophone a bit on House of Wisdom, but it was with a, a different a different sax player. And uh and yeah, so it was it it was really great to have Chris Olsen, our our current sax player, just take the reins and really lead some of the songs rather than being a supporting instrument. So that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. 
Um, so did you, you already played a couple of new songs at Radar, if, if I heard correctly. Somebody yeah. mentioned it somewhere. So you, so you already tested them a little bit live. Yeah. Um, so is I, I would assume that they, they, they fit really well with the House of Wisdom material or, or the earlier well, material, even, even though they're kind of more, 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 more to the point songwriting wise. Yeah, I mean, I think we do a lot of rewriting. We don't really play any of the House of Wisdom stuff the same as I guess we recorded it, partially mm -hmm. because, you know, when we when we did House of Wisdom, we were actually a three piece. It was just guitars, um, bass and, and drums. We didn't even have our keys player then. So so all of those tracks have had to have a lot of rewriting in order to fit into the five piece setup that we're in now. But it's not just like a it's not just adding instruments we also we're in different tunings now and it would be a lot of effort for us to keep revolving out different guitars every time for, for each song so we rewrite the house of wisdom stuff to kind of fit in with everything else but yeah all right um yeah mentioning different guitars and tunings uh, i mean you you're you're the bass player in the band but 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 i had the feelings of seeing you live that you are kind of the leader of the band, which is kind of uh, unusual for a bass player. No, the uh, <laughs> the rest of the band would uh, would hate me if I uh, if I said that that was true. No, I I just get the uh, I get the mic duties. Um, wow, right. That's that that's what it is. I think it's it's there's no leader of the band in that we all write equally together. But if you you know if you want to talk about who brings the ideas to the table it varies from album to album certainly this record has been our sax player chris olsen he's he, you know he's he brought at least two of the songs almost completely like everyone's parts which is unusual we normally all are writing our own parts so he was just on he was having such a great uh time you know of uh <laughs> like a really he was coming up with lots of great ideas and uh and that was it was really nice it was really nice for our guitarist tim to take a bit more of a back seat because you know, he obviously it, it was his band originally. Like we 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 got together to play songs that he had written. We were all in separate bands, but were friends. And he was a drummer. Uh, in it, he's a drummer first rather than the guitarist. So he was a drummer in another band and wanted an outlet for playing guitar. And uh, that's that's what Polymath started as. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm I'm not the front guy. I just get the uh, I just get the microphone. So. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh i, I it's, as you said it started as a three piece but still mm. still as now with with keys and synths and 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 saxophone i do think that um in this uh in the polymath setup uh and and the sound universe um i think the bass bass sound is uh much more important um or like more more equally important to the other instruments than right. with your traditional rock band sure, um yeah. and uh uh i would assume that you're also uh a little bit of a bass and gear nerd i don't want to <laughs> impose any anything or impl imply but but uh yeah what what kind of basses do you play and what kind of amps or, or um, i i would like to nerd out a little bit about yeah. the gear 
Gustav. Oh, mate, that's, that is my favorite thing to do. So uh... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, me and uh, and Tim, the uh, the guitarist in Polymath, we both play Fidelity guitars at the moment. In fact, Tim Tim um, is a Fidelity guitars artist. So they're this they're this great little um, little UK custom shop that make really interesting, like sixties inspired just unusual instruments that sort of marry all of that like uh um sort of italian 60s guitar designs um sort of with like more kind of modern sensibilities maybe sort of modern fret radiuses or neck materials and things like that and um tim has a a signature model with them which is part of their jb light series which is great Re- really interesting little guitar it's this lovely little double cut kind of inspired by um sort of melody makers gibson melody maker kind of inspiration and he just has uh, he has mojo pickups make a pickup for him a specific pickup for him which is a p90 in a um in like a humbucker housing but where pin nice where p90s normally have a big uh sort of mid push his just has an awful lot of top end an awful lot of clarity and and treble so it just has that one pickup in the in the bridge and then the controls he has he just has a master volume and instead of a tone he has a um a tone toggle so it's either on full or off full so he can get that well that king crimson muffled frip sound and he has a little unlatched kill switch on there so he can do sort of manual tremolo things as well so that that's a great guitar i, I love that guitar it's, it's, it is actually available to buy you can buy tim's signature model off of fidelity guitars um it's only about 1300 quid which i think is pretty good for a for a custom custom guitar but yeah he plays that and and i play a um i play a, a fidelity uh their stella rosa bass which is kind of a more dan electro inspired bass it's a 33 inch scale so it's somewhere um so i get the sort of those low fundamentals that you get from short scales the lack of tightness the floppiness that you get on a short scale which i really like that's kind of that jack bruce-esque tone um you know from a short scale but it's long enough that i can still get it down to drop c which obviously would be a problem on a (laughs) on on a on a little short scale as i have struggled with for years before <laughs> before having that but um so i have that and it's got this great big this diner bass pickup just bang in the middle which is kind of a a bit like a gretsch filtertron style pickup so super aggressive like it doesn't clean up which i which i really like just bang in the middle of the body so it's got sort of p bass-esque um you know a, a style of tone about it and then i have a little a little jaguar mute kit on the bridge because sometimes i'm playing I just want that very damp uh, sound. And because I play fingerstyle a lot, I'm always dropping plectrum. So I'm, I mostly play fingerstyle. So having that that in place of having to palm mute is is uh, is really, really handy. But, uh, yeah, that, 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 that would have would have been my next question. Hmm. Pick, pick our fingers. <laughs> ah, yeah, sometimes you have to use a pick. If you need to go quick, you have to use a pick. But I'm I'm terrible. No, I'm I'm famously awful uh, with a plectrum. There is a uh, there's a tremolo picked part in one of our songs, "Senses in Everything." That's it's like solo bass tremolo picked, and I think if you if you know if anyone watching if you've ever seen Polymath live, if you think you've seen it and I've played that right, 
that you you that's a rare show because i'm not <laughs> sure it must be like one in every 10 shows i don't completely cock it up and the problem with playing like instrumental complicated music is when you cock up something simple you look <laughs> extra stupid <laughs> yeah 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 but you just have to pretend it was there. everything everything was intent intended everything yeah exactly. <laughs> no, no no nobody would notice um <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, um, as you might have seen, there's a bass there, but I'm not really a bass player. I'm more of a cello player and I can right. play a little bit of bass, but so I don't, of course, not all bass players, uh, like come from the guitar, but I came from the cello. So yeah, yeah. for me, immediately it was like, of course, finger style. Um, I never really, um, learned how to play with a pick. And and that like growing up, it was uh, of course kind of kind of a philosophy. Yeah, I mean, why would you play bass with a pick? <laughs> but, but but of course, then discovering great artists who make who make that work and incorporate in it into their sound. Um, um, more recently, I would say Mario Studa from Riverside, for example, um, his bass um, tone is very much built around the bass tone playing the bass with a pick, with a pick yeah. um so so i do think it's not only a, a a a question of technique what 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 technique you like more but also of tone oh i i completely agree you think like you know you want, you want to go for a classic punk rock bass tone that gorgeous like p bass with a with a sort of edge of breakup ampeg svt or you know that style valve amp that with a plectrum that's just that's an ultimate bass tone you get that gorgeous like wall of sound where you can do something simple picked it's just the root notes it's underneath everything else that's going on but it just it encompasses everything i, I this is my favorite sort of tone and it's probably the thing i'm worst at doing but i i can <laughs> i can objectively enjoy uh bass players doing that rather than <laughs> yeah uh, uh so uh kind of with this little experiment in the middle between between house of wisdom and zenith um now with house of wisdom you let go and said okay anything goes let's extend this part for 10 more minutes or whatever yeah. and with uh, zenith the clear goal was to to make the songwriting more precise and succinct and to the point, um, where's where's uh, Polymath heading next? A combination oh. of the two. Post, post <laughs> Zenith, post Zenith. Yeah, it's a it's it's a big topic. We're still uh, we're still. I think we're still sort of dealing with getting Zenith out there, but um, we'll we'll start to think of the next record. There's been so there was uh, an EP we did really early on um, called. Um, La Union de Roku and Demi Pentaract. And um, we still think, certainly Tim, our guitarist, thinks it's the best thing we've ever done. And I think we, we wrote that in like, I don't know, 2014, I think that came out. <laughs> so uh, he thinks it's the best thing we've ever done. So what we were thinking is maybe redoing that as a five piece and adding two more second sections to it so if we have la union then we might also have a couple of other parts of rocco and demi pentaract and and maybe 
release it as a continuation of um uh of of that so we'll see i think that's that's probably the top idea that's most popular but we are doing a a, a split um a, a little split lp with a band in south america um so uh, that that's coming up so we do need to we need to write and record something for that so <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what we end up doing uh we end up doing there there's uh yeah, there's there's lots of stuff from the half done stuff from when we were a three piece that we'd love to revisit and work on as a five piece. Um, so so I think maybe so, you know looking in the archives for some of our our older ideas might be a lot of fun. Very 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 interesting and very exciting um, uh, for you people out there. Um, if you want to keep up to date, what uh, Polymath is up to. Don't forget to like and subscribe to their social channels. You'll find the links everywhere, anywhere. I don't know. You will find them in the description and we will also uh, put them on the screen. Uh, thank you so much, Joe, for taking the time. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was um, a pleasure talking to you. All the best for the tour and the release of Zenith. Uh, I do hope you can bring the tour maybe also to, to mainland Europe. I would love to see you guys live again. We we um, are, in fact. I think I think we're about to announce that. I think like March, I think we're coming, but yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> sounds great. March March is gonna be a big prog month. I think uh Haken and Lepris are also on tour. Haken with BT Bam, Lepris with Monuments, and Devon is gonna be on tour. And uh with Carnival. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a big month. It's gonna be a big month. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, see you then, I would say. Uh keep your eyes peeled, uh people of the internet, uh what Polymath is gonna be mm, doing next. Thank you so much for listening. Uh until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of your loved ones and keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space.